Hello, I'm Father John Downey, and you've reached the Miracles Among Us podcast. Um, I'm an Orthodox priest, and I was raised Protestant, and I converted to the Orthodox faith. And in the particular Protestant sect that I was raised in, the Reformed Presbyterian Church, uh, which, you know, they did a lot of good things, but they also taught officially that there were no more miracles being done on the face of the earth. Now, fortunately, my parents didn't believe that, and a lot of the Reformed Presbyterians don't believe that, but that's the official teaching of that particular sect. And the idea behind this particular platform is for you, listeners, to have a place where you can tell your story about how God has affected your life in a miraculous way. Sometimes that might be a small uh, what other people would think, people who aren't faithful, would be a coincidence. Other times it's a dramatic, obviously uh, direct intervention by God himself in our lives. And this is a platform for us to, to proclaim the glory of God and to proclaim the reality of God. Because so many people in our day and age don't believe in God because they think God is an abstract idea or some God far away from us not a God that is personal, not a God that is active, not, that a, not a God that is right beside us. So this is a platform uh, primarily for Orthodox people, but for anyone, for Catholics or Protestants, or, for, or anyone who has had a miracle uh, in their life to contact me. Uh, you can contact me at miraclesamonguss at yahoo.com, and you can tell your story. So we have two great stories for us uh, today. And with that, um, I'm going to allow the, the new interviews to come through. Welcome to our podcast. Good evening, everyone. Today, this evening, on July the 12th, we have a very special episode because it's, first of all, it's our first episode, uh, but secondly, because today we celebrate the feast day of St. Paisios the Aphanite, an amazing uh, ascetic, an amazing monk, an amazing miracle-working saint of our of our church a dynamic uh, a dynamic saint in a very recent saint he died in the early 90s many prophecies many many healings i've met people who were healed by saint paisios and, and many many other people have and uh today's a special day because we have a miracle uh concerning saint paisios for us to listen to tonight and um uh it's going to be a, a very special and a blessed day and we also have another uh moving miracle from a uh, Romanian priest who serves in Ohio. Uh, so we hope that you would uh, listen and uh, be edified in your, in your heart and your soul and give glory to God for all of the amazing things he does for us and that he continues to do for us on a daily basis, most of which we usually are unaware of. But thank you, thank you for listening and um, may you be blessed in your efforts. Hello, I'm Father John. Father John Downey, and we have a very uh, amazing story for us today. And we have a guest, Mariana, and I don't even know your, your last name, Mariana. Vasily Keres. Vasily Keres. Did, no, did I butcher that? No, you said it perfectly. Okay. And uh, she's going to tell us uh, about something that happened in her family. And I'm not going to give any details because I would like her to give us those details. And, but before we start into the actual uh, event, let's say, could you just give us a couple of... A little background? I, yeah, a little background of you and, and your family. Okay, so um, we are immigrants in the United States. I came with my family um, when I was 10 years old from Greece. Uh, my husband met my husband in Greece, and then he moved here too. Um, we started our family here. We have four children, two boys and two girls. So we have family businesses, so we own restaurants, we have four restaurants. Um, 
we live a very busy life with four children. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we visit Greece often. Uh, we're, uh, we go to St. Sparadon's in Worcester. That's our church. That's mm-hmm. where we grow up and we continue going there. It's a little, we've moved a little further away, but we still... Makes a trek. You feel, yeah, yeah. yeah. feels like home. So that's where we go. Okay. All right. So why don't you kind of uh, just lead us into uh, what happened with you. So like, I don't remember, I mean, I so, remember the story once before, and I know it was one of your children. I don't know. It was uh, our youngest, my youngest daughter. She was, she turned three in January, January 6th, and about two weeks later, um, she got sick. This was in 2013. Um she had a fever for a few days, um, really high fever. But as the doctors always said, she's my fourth child. I wasn't worried too much. Doctors always said three days of fever, then you can bring her in. You know, if it doesn't subside. Um, so she was sick for about three days. Um, the fourth day, um, she wasn't getting better. The weekend was in between. I called them and I said, I think I have to bring her in because her fever is just not getting better. She seems really weak too. She was okay when she would take medicine, but she would be really bad when she, her fever would spike. So I said, there's something wrong. I need to bring her in. So they said, okay, bring her in at 10 o'clock that morning. Um, so I started getting her dressed and I made her stand up so I can put her pants on. She's three. And when she stood up and stepped on her, just put pressure on her feet, she screamed. Um, so I thought, okay, there's definitely something wrong here that I can't. Um, I laid her down, which I later found out I probably shouldn't have, but I laid her down and um, called the doctor back, and I said, I, I don't think I can wait till 10 o'clock. I need to bring her in now. They said, what happened? I explained, and the nurse said, call 911. Don't, uh, don't come here. So we called 911. Of course, try to keep her awake because she was kind of losing her. Um, and I don't know if it was the pain or I don't, obviously no medical background, so I don't, um, I don't know any details of that. Um, they came, picked her up with the ambulance. We went to the hospital. The pediatrician on call that looked at her knew right away. And she said, uh, she said the pain's in her belly. Uh, I said, yes. But in that moment, I didn't, I wasn't scared still. I thought, it's fine. We're at the hospital. What could, yeah, what right. could go Trans wrong? Or something or- um, so she said, uh, she told me that they need to do, I'm uh, they need to do an ultrasound to see what's going on in there. We need to see a surgeon. She knew there was, um, peritonitis. Uh, so her appendix had rushed, ruptured. Um, so they could tell that they, they knew that just by she knew right away because she said she said to me you have a very sick child Diana was already yellow uh, it was it had gone everywhere so when I laid her down it had gone in under all her the cavities so under all the organs so the um, so she was very sick um, they started of course antibiotics right away um, and um, they took her in for an ultrasound. She was in a lot of pain. Um, they did the ultrasounds. She was very brave. <laughs> she didn't cry. She just, she tightened her feet. And that's all, that's how you could tell she was in pain because she would just, um, anyway, so we, we, they took us in and of course they put us in a room. They said, this is what happened. We're going to start on, uh, antibiotics, intravenous, obviously, and my antibiotics. And hopefully this will help. Um, something I didn't know was that they don't go in and remove your appendix right away because now there's an infection in the body and they didn't want to... Spread it or something? Yeah. So they don't want to open it up. They say we have to take care of the infection first and then we have to go back and take her appendix out. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So again, in my head, I'm thinking this is a one day, two day thing that we're going to do here and they're going to, it's going to be okay. Um, so they put us in a room. My husband, uh, we slept there that night, of course. My husband came by in the morning and 
I said, we're going to be fine. She's already got an IV in for antibiotics. You can leave. And a few minutes later, the um, anesthesiologist came in and she said, uh, we're going to have to put a pick line, which is a permanent. They knew it was going to be a long-term thing, but I just, I had no idea. So they said, we're going to put a pick line so that we can get the antibiotics in there. Um, so we don't keep poking her and said, okay, why am I talking to you? We have to put her under. She's three years old. You can't do any of this. It has to go through and inside, so she has to go under. Um, that's when I panicked. Of course, they tell you the worst that could happen, and so I called my husband and I said, you need to come back because this isn't just, <laughs> this is going to be harder than I thought. So he came back. Um, my mother and my father came after. They brought me, you know, the next day. We Obviously, they put her under. They put in the pick line. That was scary all on its own because, you yeah. know, you watch your child. They let us in for a little while, and then once at some point she stopped breathing, so they kicked us out, and we waited outside. It takes a long time. So all we did was pray, basically, outside. Um, we just sat in the room, didn't know what was going on, and just prayed. Um, so they brought her into the room that, you know, she woke up. It was okay. So, again, I kind of calmed down. I thought it would be okay. Um, a couple of days of antibiotics. I think, I think actually three days of antibiotics. And then um, that weekend, again, she seemed like she was getting better fever-wise. But she wasn't better. Um, she was still very sick. Um, she was very she she wasn't eating because every time when they before they put her under, they couldn't feed her anything. She couldn't eat until after the uh, procedure, and then two days, and then she didn't feel like eating. And so now she's getting weaker and weaker um, to the point where she started not getting up, not walking. Um, but because her fevers have, were, were better, I thought, okay, we're, we're, we're making progress. So she will get better. She'll start eating and she'll be okay. Um, and then I thought that we were going to go home. They said, you can continue the antibiotics at home. So they were trying to send us home that weekend. Um, so that Sunday, so we've been there a whole week. That Sunday, in the meantime, like I said, she's not walking. She's, we're putting her in little, um, at the hospital they had, because it was the pediatric unit, so they had little cars and things to drive her around to just kind of bring her out of the room a little bit. Um, and she, that Sunday, they said, you can go home. And I wasn't so sure. I didn't feel very comfortable. And good thing I didn't because dressed her, we're ready to go, and she spiked a fever again. So I said to the to the doctor, I don't feel comfortable leaving, and he said, well, it's up to you, but you can go home. This could happen. She, she could spike fever. She has an infection, so it's going to continue to... I said, I don't want to go home if she's going to have 103 fever and then come back to the hospital at night because that's what I'm going to end up doing. Um run back to the emergency room because she, because I know my child and she didn't look okay yet right. to go. Um, and that's what they told me too. They said, you know your child and if you don't feel comfortable, stay. Um, so I did. So we stayed. And thank God that we stayed um, because that fever did not go down. And then on Monday, um, they took her and they did an ultrasound and they saw that she had abscesses had formed inside um, in different spots. So now they came back and they said, well, we're going to have to um, put her under again um, so we can go in and connect bags so that we can drain the abscesses. Um, I think the first time she had four, so four different places where they had to drain. Um, they did that. And again, trust, trust in God, trust in Panagias, who I prayed to the whole time. Um, my mother had brought me Father Blasius at that time. He hadn't become a saint yet. Um, his book, I was reading his book. Um, but I prayed to Panagia. 
mostly because as a mother, sure. I felt that she would be able to help me. And maybe this is a good time to ask. So before this event, were you really you know, were you going to church all the time? You were really close to the church? Was I was not. My mother in the few years before that had um, had kind of turned a lot to the church. She was reading a lot of books. She was talking to us a lot about um, as a family, we were religious, but we just didn't, we weren't ever church goers and very, uh, um, what is it, lukewarm uh, Christians, I would say, uh, if, if I may say it that way. Um, and I didn't realize what an actual Christian was until I met other people that were, <laughs> uh, yeah, very unworthy, that's for sure. Um, so he, so um, so they went in. They put her under, of course. Oh, I was reading. That's what I was saying. I was reading um, while she would sleep or she would watch TV or I would just read my book because um, I was there a long time um, that whole week. And then they put her under. They um, they put in the the bags. Um, and that night. She was okay. Her fever went down. So right when they did that and they started draining the fluid, her fever would be okay. And we'd say, okay, she's going to be okay. Um, that night was fine. The next morning, she was okay. The next night, spike fevers again. So I was, I was sleeping. There was a chair next to her bed. So at night, I would hold her to make sure I catch the fever before before it spiked, so if I felt that she was warm, I could call the nurse to get it. So she, again, she spiked the fever, I called the nurse, they came in. The next morning again, we had to do an ultrasound to see what's going on, if something moved, if maybe the bags aren't really, the needles aren't where they're supposed to be, and they're not draining the right way. They said there's more abscess, so we're going to have to put her under again and put different in different locations? Different locations. Um, so as you can imagine, uh, it was very, very stressful. I was really worried that she wasn't getting better. This kept going on. And I said, okay, so let's say we do this again in two days. How many holes are we going to make to drain? What are we, what are we doing? Um, and of course they checked. They kept checking to make sure that they were giving her the right antibiotics. And they said, yes, this is the correct things she should be taking. Um, and the answer, the, the doctor's answer was, well, we're going to have to keep doing it as long as we have to keep doing it. If it keeps happening, then we're going to have to, I don't have anything else to tell you at this point. So now this is the second week that we're there and it's Thursday night. Um, I'm, we go to sleep. They they did again. They, she was put under. They put new bags and new um, uh, needles to drain. Um, and she was sleeping. She was okay that Thursday. She was okay because it's happened Wednesday. On Thursday, she was feeling okay. Thursday night, while I'm sleeping, I feel her. Oh, she's got a fever again. So now, now I'm really, <laughs> I'm really upset. And um, that's when it came to me that I, I've been praying to Panagia, but maybe she's just, I'm not worthy enough. Maybe she just doesn't hear me. And that's when I thought of Father Paisus and I said, oh my, speaking to myself in my craziness that night. And I said, I've been... I've been reading his book and I haven't even thought of asking him to intercede because he has, he has met Panagia. Like he was, I've read in his book that he had seen her and, and said, maybe he can help me. Cause she can't, she, she doesn't hear me. Um, uh, he, so I, I asked for his help. I said, please, I need you to intercede for me. And well, I went to sleep. They gave her, obviously, they gave her medicine for her fever. And then we would see what would happen the next day. So Friday morning, my mother came to visit. 
uh, I was a mess because we didn't know what was going to happen again. And she said, um, I spoke to your uncle this morning. We hadn't told any other people in Greece what was going on. Just the, there was no reason to upset anybody if we didn't know what was going on. Um, she said, but I called him this morning and he said, I didn't say anything to her of what happened with me the night before that I asked other places for help. I didn't talk to her about it. That was just me and him. Um, and she said, I, I spoke to your uncle and I told him about Yana and he said that they're going, he said everything's going to be okay because we're going, we hit. The, the whole family had decided to go to Father Paisus's grave. Mm-hmm. They had never been. It was their first time. This is the morning after I asked for his help. Right. So when she said that, uh, uh, I stopped and I said, have they been before? And she said, no, they're going. And he said, since they're going to go, they're going to light a candle for Yala too. And she be fine. <laughs> I said, okay, so if I tell you that yesterday for the first time I asked for his help, what are you going to say? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So for me, that was my answer. That was my uh, response. Sure. A response from him, I don't know, yeah. from, from God, that everything's going to be okay. Um, so I totally changed my, my I felt so much better. I said, this is what happened. How is it possible that they're going yeah, there's so today? Many, they didn't know. There's so many saints. I mean, there's like, there's, yeah, there's so many absolutely. different ways. They, they could have gone to St. Demetrius. They could have anybody, gone to St. Anybody. Nicolas, and yeah. they had never, and, and they didn't know. It's not that they were looking to go pray somewhere for Nana because they didn't know. They were right. planning on going just for them. Their family was going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it happened to be that it was uh, Father Basis that again, I mean, I think everybody knew that he was a saint, but wasn't yeah, a saint yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was that was it. It was going to be fine. She was going to be fine, and I really believed it. That um, that night, no fevers again. The next morning, I picked her up for the first time. She stood on her feet. I brought her in and bathed her. Um, and she stood so I can give her a shower. My brother came in Saturday morning and he, he looked at her and he said, wow, she, she looks like a different kid. Like she's, she was all of a sudden all better. Um, I said, yeah, I know. I, I didn't say anything to him at the time. And then when he was leaving, I ran after him. I said, um, you know something? This is what happened. And I believe that he had something to do with this because I, you know, and I explained the situation. He said, okay. <laughs> and a, lot, and a, a lot of people at that point were saying, okay, mom, that was the answer with the every, you know, the everything because in the hospital for 15 days, pushing yeah. your kid around, uh, you know, it's it was, you're still here. You're, you're still, okay, mom, you know, kind of, um, um, so he said, okay. And I didn't really care if anybody believed or anything <laughs> I believed. Um, so I said, she's going to be fine. We're going to leave. If they let us leave on Sunday, we'll leave on Sunday. I was ready to go. Um, and Sunday morning, at the, and I, I told the nurses, I hadn't seen the doctor in the weekend, on the weekend. And, he, and the nurses said, well, on Monday, he's going to want to do an ultrasound. I know you're ready to go, but he's going to have to do an ultrasound again to make sure everything's okay before we let you go. Because you remember what happened last time. I said, yeah, but that's not going to happen this time because she's fine <laughs> and she's going to be fine. And um, so the, that um, saying, uh, Sunday morning, my grandparents came. My, my parents came to see her. She walked with her little bags. She walked into the playroom. We all walked. She was fine carrying her little bags. The weird thing was, and my explanation in my head was, and I actually told the nurse and she probably thought I was crazy, but, um, her bags were full of pus and gunk. Things were coming out like nothing, nothing nothing the other day. Yes. They were just, and I thought he's literally clearing it out. He's literally pulling everything out of there. He's, it's, this is it. It's going to be fine. So they took it, and one of the nurses was really shocked that 
the way it looked. I said, I said, yeah, because everything's coming out. It's going to be fine. We're going to leave. And she said, okay, come on. <laughs> um, uh, so Monday morning, I started packing up my stuff. Uh, they took her in at some point for an ultrasound, and now we had to wait for the surgeon to see the ultrasound to make sure that it was okay before he could sign off for us to leave. Right. Um, so we were packing up our things, and this is where really it gets wild because I knew I knew what happened. I 100%. I was 100% sure of what happened. And I don't know. Obviously, I told my my husband and my mother and everybody. I don't know how much of it they believed or they saw as a coincidence. Or I, I think my mother believed me. Saw it as a miracle, not as a coincidence. Um, but everybody else around. And I think what happened next um, is what made everybody else believe. So we were packing their stuff, and Lana was. She was sitting, we had dressed her up, we put her, she was sitting on her bed, her bed was made, and she was sitting on her bed, and um, just watching cartoons, I don't know what was on TV, uh, while we were packing with my husband. And um, the nurses would come in and say, you're rushing, you know, you didn't get the papers, I don't want you to be upset if, you know, they come back. <laughs> they would just laugh, because I said, we're leaving, just make sure your papers are done, so that when, we, when he says okay, we can get out of here. Okay. So, um, putting all her stuff away, we were there for 15 days, there was a lot of stuff. We had teddy bears and uh, flowers, and and I forgot to mention, which I shouldn't have, um, that our priest, um, Father Dean from St. Spiridon's, Father Greg, um, at the time, and Father George was here uh, at that time, would come and visit every day. They would come see Lana every day. Uh, they gave her communion. They were there every single day. One at least a day. Sure. If not a couple of them. Um, we had a good relationship with them, so they, they, they knew us and they had heard about Yama, so they were there all the time. Um, so we had a lot of support from them, too. Um, so uh, as I'm packing the things, as she's, she's watching TV and she says... She only spoke Greek at the time. She was three. So we only spoke Greek at home. Yeah. Um, So she said, which means the priest came. Priest, papas. But to little kids, we say papulis. Um, So she said, the priest came. And I said, I know. You know, Father Dean came. And she said, nope. And Father George came, and Father Greg came, and she said, no. I said, okay. And she said, the priest from your, Opulis from your book, came, and he did this with his hands, and uh, moving his fingers kind of showed it. She's not looking at us. She's just watching her TV and saying this. Right, right. Um, did this, and we look at each other with my husband, and he jokes a lot. He's like, that. our child has had a lot of drugs <laughs> in the past few days, you know. I said, I, okay, and I kind of stopped because I didn't want, I said, don't say anything else. Um, and he asked her where he came from, and she said, from the sky, and he did this. She was doing something with her fingers uh, that we couldn't, uh, that I figured as a blessing, but I didn't understand yeah. at the time. And I said, don't ask any questions. I don't want to coach her into saying anything. I don't know what she's yeah. trying to say. Right. It was kind of, uh, yeah. Because um, obviously she saw me reading the book. Um, but even at home, she might have seen me with that book. It was a new book, by the way, which, again, I didn't mention. That kind of fell on my lap. In a weird way, we went to Arizona, um, to a monastery. I saw it because I had heard about Father Bayesus. I saw the book, but it was at the register. Somebody else was buying it, or so I thought. And so I looked for it somewhere else so I can get it too, and they said, and I, I didn't find it. So when I went back, it was still there, and I said to the monk, um, nobody bought this. It was, it was here for somebody else. And he said, oh, you can have it. Okay, so that's the book that I was carrying with me. 
uh, to the hospital too. So I feel like that was, uh, he was kind of given to me in that sense too. Um, he, um, so as we're packing at some point, we stop talking, we're not saying anything. She continues to watch. We're picking up our, our stuff and I go behind her pillow in her pillowcase. I had, um, you know, the little paper, uh, icons yeah, yeah. that we put, sure. um, just for protection behind inside her pillowcase. Um, and it was Panagia with, with Jesus, the tiniest little Jesus that you could see. Um, I take the, I, I said, hold on, Yana, let me take this. I take it out. I turn around to go pack it away. And she says, and this is when I, I believe that it was so odd. The way she spoke at that moment was so odd. It didn't sound like a little kid. And she said, let me see Jesus. I said, okay. I turned over. I thought she just wanted to kiss the icon. I thought she saw that I took it. And she said, this is what he did with his hands and pointed to the icon because Jesus in the icon is, this is what he did. This is what Papuli did. did And that was, uh, my husband said, what did he say to you? That's when we we thought she really saw him. Uh, So what did he say to you? And she said, nothing to me. He spoke to mama. And kind of pointed where I, where I would sleep next to her. He spoke to Mama. I don't know. She said, and that was the end of it. Um, wow. I said, oh, oh um, well, she just told you that, so you believe too, because I already knew. I didn't know he came. I didn't know. I didn't see him. Sure, I don't think sure. I, saw, I. I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember talking. To him. Well, I talked to him, obviously, <laughs> but I, I didn't see him. Um, and she said that um, I spoke to him, so she saw him. And that was, um, of course, at first you feel, I'm so unworthy, there's no way this is actually happening or that she's actually, but then I can't explain it because she was three years old. Yeah. And the things that she said. Did she recognize him from the, the cover of the book? The or cover like, of so the book. She, so she knew. That's, what she, that's how she pointed it out, that this is, she didn't know a name, she didn't say, she just said, Papuli from your book. And she pointed to the book. Yeah. Um. So I have a, a little question about when you knew. Because it sounds like once you knew, you were absolutely I was convinced. convinced. Like you were absolutely sure. Yeah. And so for that, for that, when you had that experience, because I've talked to a lot of people who've had similar experiences mm-hmm. or, you know, in, generally speaking. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't hear any words per se, but like, did you get, do you get like this, was it just a powerful feeling in your heart? And it was kind of, could you put what you felt in your heart into words? Was it a communication or was it just a sense of peace that like, okay, I don't have to worry about this anymore? Or was it like, did you feel like there was some sort of kind of communication? You know what I mean? Do you understand the question? I understand. Yeah, I understand. I don't know if I felt... You know, there's a little side story to this. The moment that, and I only, we only thought about this and we spoke about it with my husband and I'm not 100% sure if that is the case. But the, when, when my daughter said that he spoke to me, then I thought about on that Friday, or I, th- I think it was that Friday night, um, a nurse came and sat next to me on the chair. It was a chair that kind of reclines. She sat, they never woke me up at night. They would come and check. They wouldn't wake me up. Um, and she came and sat next to me and she said, what happened? And I told her, I said, oh, this is what happened. You know, her appendix versus whatever, but she's going to be fine. I said, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you believe. I'm just going to tell you that uh, Father Paisius is helping her and she's going to be fine because this, this was, I already knew in my heart at that point. And I said, and she's going to be fine. I said, I don't, I don't know if you believe. And she told me, we see a lot of things here. We believe. I said, well, look him up. This was in the middle of the night. And I said, look him up because uh, you'll find out that he he does a lot of things. And I think that he helped us. And she said, okay. And she said, yeah, we see a lot. So we believe. And she walked away. She wasn't one of our nurses. We were there 15 days. It was the same rotation of nurses. Yeah. 
So that, uh, later speaking about it, uh, my husband said, what if when she, when she said she saw him and he was speaking to you, what if that's what you saw? Because we've heard that they, they you can, know, they yeah, could they be can, in different form. Different different and maybe people, yeah. Dana could see him, but I thought it was a nurse. I don't, I don't know that nurse. I didn't, we never saw that nurse again. We knew our nurses. They were there all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe she was just a nurse that came from some, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it was him. We just tried to, yeah. because that was another thing that, that happened that I, I, I can't explain because she wasn't around. Um, now the, the feeling that you're saying that day, I, I, I felt, even when I asked for his help, that it, that it was going to be okay. I don't know how to explain that, why I was so sure. And then right away, because right that morning I got my answer from my mom. I took that as an answer, you know. The, the, right. the, so the, I was, the I was 100% sure at that time. There was no, in my head, there was no, I, I, this couldn't have been a coincidence. Um, so I was 100% sure. I just think that Lana said what she said so that everybody else could believe too. I think that that's why, not for me, because right. I already believed. I already right. knew there was a miracle. I already really believed that it happened. Yeah. I think everybody else needed to hear it to, to believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's, you know, the, uh, so I, I don't want to talk too much, but kind of my background is that I was raised in a Protestant sect, and my parents were really good, and they didn't believe this part, but the actual official doctrine of that Protestant sect where I grew up was that miracles don't happen. Oh. Wow. You know, so uh, that was just a time for Christ. Like, Christ did miracles, and after that, that the, 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 the time for miracles has been closed. So there's, so there's so many, and there's so many that aren't, I mean, a lot of them are written in books, mm -hmm. but many of them aren't even written in books. And when you when you live them yourselves, it becomes absolutely clear, you yeah. know. And we we you know, uh, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Uh, the saints are active, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we had a, we had a, last year we had a vigil service for Saint Paisios. Not last year. I mean, we did last year too, but mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And and this could I'm not, I'm not saying this this was a miracle. What I'm going to tell you, but uh, and we found after the service. Uh, a little card, one of those cards with the icons, uh -huh. with with a little bit of his vestment in the uh, in the card. And you know, a couple of years ago, there's only like eight people here, or something like that. So I talked to each person. Hey, you left your card. Yeah. And nobody, <laughs> nobody had left it. And it was and I left. I had waited for a couple of days too, because some people you don't necessarily realize yeah. that you lost something. Yeah. You know. And, uh, so I'm not saying that was an actual miracle, but uh, but yes. <laughs> but, it, but it might have been. But, but it could have been. Yeah, but what, what could have? Yeah, but obviously, what you did, what you experienced, uh, was. I'm a hundred percent sure it was. I told. Um, we went to Suroti after to his. Uh, of course, we go every year, anyways. Whenever we're in Greece, we're we, the whole family goes. Um, especially Lana is. Lana has to go every year. Um, so we went to his uh, grave, and I spoke to the. Um, Abbot Abbas. Yes. Yeah. So because they were recording everything at the time when we the first time I went, he wasn't a saint yet. So they were recording anything that anybody had to say. Right, right, um, right, right. So they were recording all the information uh, so that they they I don't know. They proof? Publish it I don't know how, 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 how yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't, don't know really, what yeah. yeah. In Orthodox you don't have to have proof, yeah. but it doesn't hurt when you right. know, it doesn't hurt to have right. this. So yeah. they told me to speak to her and I spoke to her and um, she took down the information. Um, and there's a book I believe that they have at the monastery that um, that people go in and say, you know, give their, their testimony test and they write it down um, so you can read different ones. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that happened with Diana, with St. Paisius, because I feel like we have a connection now that we just have Absolutely. it. And I don't know why, sure, but yeah. we have it. Um, I mean, I don't know why. Because if you think about how many people are really sick in the world and how many, you know, children pass on all the time and, um, you know, not everybody gets cured and, uh, you know, miracles don't happen every day in that sense. Um, uh, you wonder, 
why. Um, but there's something, there's a connection there with, with Lana. We went, um, after COVID, we went to Greece. And of course we weren't, because we hadn't gone um, during COVID. We went back and we went to the monastery and we planned to go. Um, we didn't plan very well. And we, and my cousin said, we're going to come with you guys and okay, fine. And we, we got in the car and left and half of us had, the boys had shorts on and, um, uh, the, my husband had shorts on, I think too. And even though we knew, we knew we were supposed to be dressed differently. I had a long dress, but I had a longer slit than it should have. I don't know. We, we were a mess, but we showed up there, uh, and it was very busy and they didn't have anything to give to cover to cover us up so we can go in. And we were so upset um, that we got that at, at ourselves, not obviously. We knew. Yeah. If we go every year, we knew how we should have addressed. Right. Um, and, and we were looking at each other uh, saying, I, how did we even do this? Why are we here like this? Um, and... We said, okay, we're just gonna, because uh, outside of the monastery, there's a big, a big icon of Sipaisius. We said, well, we got here, we'll just, you know, I'll venerate this icon and leave and come back another day because yeah. well, what are you gonna do? We were just so upset. And, uh, as I'm walking towards, I had Lana with me and I'm walking towards the, the icon, um, uh, one of the sisters comes out really fast walking from the side of the, from a different side of the parking lot, because we're in the parking lot, we're not even in the monastery. Um, and it's, she it's, runs it's over. It's pretty far away, too. I've, I've been there, so the gates. Yeah. It's pretty far away from the monastery. It's right. not like it's 10 feet or something <laughs> like that. So she, she walks really fast towards us. Well, we had gone up to the parking lot, right? So uh, the monastery is, well, yeah. So not down at the gates. Okay. Um, but she, she walks and she comes right to me and she said, why aren't you going in to me? And I said, well, so my slits a little, it's just, it's okay, it's it's a mess. I said, we come for Lana, but it's... And she said, she looks at, uh, at my daughter and she says, you can go in, I can take you in. And do you want to come with me? And that, and Lana kind of looked at me like, I don't want to go by myself, kind of yeah. going behind me. And she said, come on, we're going to go from the side gate, I'm going to bring you in, you're going to go past the line, you're going to, you know... Um, Kneel at the, and I'll bring you back out to your parents. She looked at me and said, go ahead. I mean, we come for you. If you can get in there, and that's fine. And she said, okay. And she took her from the side and brought her in. She kneeled, did her prayer, and she brought her back out. And she left. I don't know where she came from. She was very sweet. She was, she came right to us. <laughs> she took her and, and I, and, when we left, we said, um, okay, he wanted to see you, Dana. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go in, at least you. Yeah. So um, she got in. None of us went by. And I think the last, the last question I have for you, what, what did the doctors say? What did the doctors and nurses say about... What happened? The quick yeah, change? The quick change. Uh, nothing. The surgeon that we had, he was, uh, was Jordanian, but he was Orthodox too. Oh, really? Um, but just even that's a miracle because there's not right. like we're like six percent of the population is Orthodox. Right. So he was. Uh, so he was Orthodox, and I, I think his he didn't spend too much time saying. I explained what happened. You know, he knew obviously he knew what happened, and he said everything's clear and you can go. Um, but he his explanation uh-huh. didn't really. Didn't yeah. He yeah. Didn't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But he accepted what I told him about, you know. Right. He that. wasn't against what I was saying, but he didn't. Uh, right. No comment. No comment, <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, so then we went a week after the antibiotics. We could continue through the pick line. I did that at home. And then uh, we went back. I don't want to I'm not sure um, if it was two weeks later and she had day surgery. And then we moved her appendix. And, and that was that. And that was that. It's wonderful. Looks at the film. <laughs> yeah, looks at the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for the yeah. for your time, willing to explain to us how Saint Paisius 
entered rather dramatically into yeah. your lives, but for the for right. the betterment of your whole of the whole family. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. 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 Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Father John. I'm with Father Remus Vlahu, and he's going to tell us uh, a little bit about uh, himself and uh, an amazing thing that happened to him in his uh, in his mission as a priest. So we'll start with a small prayer. O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, born everywhere and fill us all things, treasure of blessing and giver of life, come and abide in us, cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls with good one. Holy God, holy mighty, holy mortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy mortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy mortal, have mercy on us. Lord, forgive our sins. Master, pardon our transgressions. Holy One, visit and heal our infirmities for that name's sake. Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. Father, give your blessing. Praise the Lord, bless all of us uh, with the wisdom and with the knowledge of your truth for the salvation of us and for salvation of those people who listen and follow our instructions, always, now, and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, Father, uh, why don't you, I'll try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who who you are and uh, when you came to America? And then after that, you know about what the, about the, uh, you lived the story, so to speak, that you can uh, tell us. Right. Okay, Father. Yeah, I uh, I was born in Romania in 1951, and uh, I was a priest there for five years. Uh, and in 1981, uh, I came to the United States for a medical reason at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. After um, a few checkups, the doctors told me that I have to uh, stay here for good uh, for seven years, and because the 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 medication and the disease was not very well known, and they didn't know how to treat it. But, but I had to stay out under their observation for at least seven years. Uh, I came to United States with a visa, with a visitor visa for a month, and then I had to change it through the Romanian Episcopate from the Vatra, and with the help of Bishop uh, Valerian, Archbishop Valerian. And then I was accepted into the Episcopate, and I was assigned in Unsaked Rodaila as their priest, and I served there for almost uh, 10 years. And then I was transferred to Youngstown, Ohio, until I retired in 2005 and six, And uh, since then, I start the mission in APA, uh, St. Mary's uh, Romanian Orthodox in EPA. We bought the church from the Russians, and I continue to work with my, my parishioners there. I'm commuting in, in, in one way going back and forth to EPA for the services and see my parishioners and work with them. Um, <clears throat> this is generally, you know, what I, uh, I experience in my life. And, um, but while I was in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, before I retired, I was a voluntary uh, chaplain for the Orthodox people in all the hospitals in Youngstown and uh, in nursing homes. And uh, one morning, a lady, a nurse from the chaplaincy department around five o'clock in the morning, 
called me and said, Father, uh, one of your former parishioners is in uh, the ER or ICU uh, unit, and uh, he was asking for you to see him. And he told me your name. And uh, uh, right away, I went to see him. His name was George Mehik. And uh, he, uh, as I arrived uh, at the hospital to uh, see him, uh, I introduced myself and he said, Father, I, I, uh, I am one of your former parishioners and I was born in Youngstown. I grew up here. My parents were here. My sister was here. And I said, I know the name, the family name, Mehit. I never met you. Uh, your parents passed away uh, long before I arrived in Youngstown, but I buried your sister. And uh, talking, you know, about the parish, he said, Father, last night I was in the other life. I was dead. And uh, I see our Lord Jesus Christ. And he looked at me and said, George, on the left side is a group of people. And among them, it's an empty space. Uh, you, you, <clears throat> if you want to stay, you're going to stay in that empty space among your friends and people who passed away before you. Go and talk to them. And George went and talked to them, and every one of them said, don't come here, don't come here. Here is hell. And we don't have words to describe the suffering we have here in hell. Don't come here, George. Don't come here. And he asked them and said, why are you in hell? Because you're good people, your teachers, your professors in different universities all over the world, and you didn't do any wrong things and nothing uh, which was against the people or against society was something wrong. And they all said the same thing because we ignore the faith in Jesus Christ and we ignore our soul, which exists. We thought that life after death doesn't exist, the soul doesn't exist, and we, didn't, we did not do anything for the soul and for the spiritual life. That's why we end up here. And uh, if you have a chance not to come here, do it, George, because it's very, very bad. He returned to our Lord, and our Lord said, George, uh, your parents, before they died, pray to me to... Uh, take care of you and not to not to condemn you or to you know send you to hell you're a good person you're a good boy in the family and uh, that's why i promised them to help you out and uh, <coughs> excuse me and <clears throat> now you have a chance uh, to save your soul but you have to go back on earth in your life and look for Father Blahu from the Romanian Orthodox Church. And he knows what to do. And George said, that's the way I found your name, Father. And as soon as I, I got up, I uh, called the nurse and asked her to call you. And here you are. 
So he didn't know your name until uh, he was in hell, and Christ told him your name. Right. And he said, well, call him up. He knows what to do. And then he called me through the nurse uh, from the chaplaincy department. And uh, after, and, and I was right next to him, and I said, George, uh, uh, I have to confess, uh, confess you, or you have to confess to me, and then I'll, uh, uh, I'll read all the absolution prayers we have in situations like that. I give you the absolution for the for for the confession. Then I read you the prayers before communion, and after that, uh, I I will anoint you with the holy oil from the holy unction, and that's all I can do for you and prepare for the other life. Father, is it too late? Is it too late? I said, no, it's not too late. And is it enough? I said, it, this is uh, our tradition, and this is the setup for situation like this, and I'll do it from A to Z for your sake. And um, after I finished, George said, Father, uh, you lifted up a very heavy stone from my chest. I feel free now. I feel very light, but I don't want to live any longer. Uh, the life in the other life, it's much better. And I want to die. I want to go there to see my parents and to see our Lord Jesus Christ. I said, George, may God bless you. May God be with you. And and fulfill your desire, I shook his hand and I left his room. And by the time I reached the main door of the hospital to the speaker, um, the nurse who called me and said, Father, I have to tell you that uh, George already passed away. And it was a, a great experience for me in in that situation and uh, remain with you know remain very 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 strongly in my mind <clears throat> as uh, as an example of how lord work with us and how the how powerful are the prayers of the parents for the children and from this story, uh, I learned a lot of things. Uh, one of the things is, no matter how good you are on earth, if you don't take care of your soul, you end up in hell. And if you don't take care of your soul which uh, uh, and uh, spiritual life, there's no, no rewarding for anyone in the other life. It's, it's just a punishment. And uh, also that uh, for God is possible to send anyone back home for the salvation and for uh, making up uh, the rest of, of, of the life for uh, the other life in paradise. And uh, that was a wonderful thing. And but the strongest uh, point is the prayers of the parents for the children. That has to be uh, applied and has to be done by all the parents and for their children and for their salvation, especially here in the United States uh, when the children leave the house and you know they disappear from the life of the church and uh, sometime from the life of the city and never return. And it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, a story which happened to me 
and I like to 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 tell this to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Your, well, your story is one of I've been, I've, I have been thinking of trying to do something like this for a long time, and uh, your story was one of the one of the uh, let's say uh, prods to make uh, to make me think. Well, I should try to get a blessing from my you know from my confessor because us priests we we confess too, and so he gave me my a blessing to do this, and that was a year ago. So I've been I've been procrastinating. But I thank you so much for sharing that with us. But I wanted to be clear too. Also, you you did he did receive holy communion, right? So you he said the prayers, he took holy communion, he's you read the absolution, and he received holy communion too. Is that correct? Yes, the, he received holy communion, yes. Yeah. Yes. So after the confession and the absolution prayer, he received the holy communion. Now, uh, because uh, we tell the holy communion is forgiveness, but the Holy Communion is is the essence for eternal life. You know, if you don't eat my my body and my blood, you are not worth you are not worthy for the kingdom of heaven. That's the that's the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. And always, <clears throat> I give communion to the people who were sick or are in the hospital. I had a case. In uh, Youngstown, when a person uh, I visited in the hospital and uh, uh, I offered to give him the communion, and he said, no, Father, when I come home, uh, you you give me communion. You come to my house and you give me communion there. Oh, the next day, <clears throat> early in the morning, <clears throat> Somebody told me, you go and give communion to this person in the hospital. I got up and I went to the hospital and I said, I am here to give you communion. He didn't say yes or no. He received communion. I read all the absolution prayer, you know, was confession and communion. But and I read all the absolution prayers and uh uh, I left the hospital, and that person left the hospital in the casket two days later. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, God is working mysteriously and prepared this guy for eternal life. Even he was not convinced to have the communion, God pushed me to give him communion, knowing that he may pass away. And but, he all set on that. And he wanted the communion the next day. So he was hoping to get communion. It wasn't like he said no. <clears throat> he, communion. he was wanting it, but he wanted it the next day. Yeah. No, no, he was, uh, he was willing to get the communion when he gets out from the hospital, was dismissed from the hospital. Right. And he didn't know the day when he was we will be dismissed, you know. Right. But the next day, next morning, uh, when I got up, uh, somebody told me go and give communion to this guy in the hospital. Even he said that he'll receive it when he comes home. And I got up and I went to the hospital. I gave him the communion. He didn't say yes or no, but he received confession and communion absolution and blessing and all these things but uh, this particular uh, person uh, was dismissed from the hospital when he died a few days later that means he will die before he received communion and he will not get getting home uh, to receive communion. That's why this message I received from God, uh, save his soul, save him. And uh, uh, he never made it home uh, to receive communion at home. I, uh, I had to give him communion in the hospital, and he died there in the hospital. But he was a very... Very good person. He was coming to the church every Sunday, every holiday. He was good in that. 
and God took care of him. Yeah. Okay, Father. I'll just say a quick prayer, and then uh, that then we can. Uh, I guess we'll be done. Okay, Father. Okay. It is truly meet to bless you with your talk of severe blessed and most pure in the mother of our God, more honorable than the cherubim and more glorious beyond compared than the seraphim. You who without corruption give birth to God the Word. Truth is, with us, we magnify you. Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. Father, bless. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing always, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Right. Okay. Thank you. God bless, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Awesome. Great. Bye.